all the debates, all the speculation, all the talk, all the gas bagging finally ends on January 8th as the Washington Huskies and the Michigan Wolverines will head down to Houston with all their alums and fans and decide this year's national championship. And we're here to break it all down, how we got to this moment and the fallout of the entire process here on the Sports Cubicle. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado. And this game is all the marbles are on the line, right? And all the cliches that you could say. Michigan to get here, an exciting matchup against Alabama, 27-20 win in overtime. The Washington Huskies beat the Texas Longhorns 37-31, all this on New Year's Day. And to get to this matchup, a lot of marquee teams made the tournament. A lot of marquee teams were snubbed from the tournament. Georgia is going to have an input on whoever wins this national championship, whether they have a claim added. And we saw Florida State. We're going to talk about all that. But Marver, I want to get your initial thoughts on what we saw on New Year's Day and what we are going to see this coming up Monday. Sure, there was a there were two great games. I I, I can't imagine this game will be as good as the others because there was, there were such great games. Um, you know, Washington and then Michigan are probably the two best teams after all is said and done. Florida State had a claim, but uh, their claim was lost because they got blown out uh, by Georgia. But uh, so Georgia probably has a claim too. But that's by the way, that's all going to be settled next year, as you may all know. They're going to twelve teams next year, which. I think eight would have been enough. They're going to have the top four teams that went to the semifinals, for example, this year. They get a bye into the next round. But so that means that that the teams that are the top four are going to have to, you know, win basically three games. And the teams that just are five through 12 are going to have to win four, actually. So it's going to be kind of crazy. I mean, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon would have all been in this year. And so uh, they're going to they're going to actually put some of the, the, the bowl games are going to be the quarterfinals. Uh, and then the. They'll actually have the semifinals a week later. So things will be pushed back a week next year, as it turns out. But for the game itself, I mean, you, you never go by comparative scores, but uh, here's a funny one. They both played Michigan State. Uh, Washington beat them 41-7 to and led 35 to nothing at halftime. Michigan beat them 49 to nothing and led 28 to nothing at halftime. So if you go by comparative scores, it's pretty much a wash. I kind of like I kind of like Washington. I'll tell you why. I like Michael Penix. If some of you may remember, he was at Indiana, and Michael Penix Jr. and uh, he's really blossomed at Washington. I mean, he's very versatile. He's, he's elusive. I think he brings more to the table, uh, you know, in that position than than Michigan does. But uh, uh, I think that's going to be a big edge for them uh, in the quarterback position because I, have, I, I think that JJ McCarthy is fine, but I don't think he's a game breaker that Penix is. Uh, he had some. Uh, Nerves against, and, the, and it looked like he was kind of nervous against Alabama at the beginning. So hopefully he won't be nervous in this game. And interestingly, for the West Coast people, it's kind of bad because the game's being played at uh, uh, six forty-five Chicago time, which means it's kind of early for the West Coast. Usually they do the West Coast a favor for a lot of big games by playing it at eight or nine, whatever it is, Chicago time. So I think that's an interesting side note. And in terms of the other positions, I mean. Running back is pretty much a wash. I mean, Washington has Dylan Dylan Johnson, and he and he's you know he's been he's been very effective. And Michigan has the probably the better player in Blake Corum, but it's very very close on that. And then in terms of you know the, the passing game, I mean, I think that Washington has the edge there too. Uh, you know, they have tight. They have a lot of people. They have uh, Rome Odonzu and Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, Journey Bernard. They have four big threats and. Michigan is not as deep at that position. So on the offense, I think the defense is pretty much a wash. 
and and I can go through that too a little later. But I think the offense, starting with quarterback, is really going to be a key for Washington. And uh, uh, as another funny side note, if if you like this game, it's being replayed in as a conference game in Seattle in exactly nine months on October fifth. So which is which, and I'll tell you if you want my opinion on the dissolution of the Pac-12. The, the, to me, the funniest part of all is Stanford and California in the Atlantic Coast Conference, but don't get me started. <laughs> it is going to be a brand new day as the next season rolls through, and who knows, right? The Big Ten is going to walk away with a national champion starting next season, and they're going to have that crown for them, so I think that's really interesting. I think you bring up the fascinating point about the matchups in this national championship. I think both teams are going to get an unexpected surprise. I think Washington is going to surprise the defense of the Michigan Wolverines. But I think that Michigan Wolverines defense is going to surprise that Washington offense. You got two of the elites going at it when it comes to efficiency and how they handle the ball and how they handle the moments. And we're talking about red zone efficiency against red zone defense. We're talking about getting to the quarterback, protecting the quarterback. And, you know, this interesting story about Penix and, you know, the the injuries and the comeback and heading into the NFL draft and can, can kind of cement himself into that elite status with the national championship. You have McCarthy who has that famous picture of him with last season watching the confetti go down and seeing him lose the big game. And there's so many stories that are going to start colliding with each other. We haven't even gotten to Jim Harbaugh. If he wins, does he guarantee he's heading to the Vegas Raiders or to New England? If he loses, does he guarantee he's going to the Vegas Raiders or to the New England Patriots? There are so many different aspects we're going to get to here on the Sports Cubicle. It's Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado, and we are getting ready for the Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Huskies National Championship game in Houston on January 8th. A wonderful way to start that week. But, Marver, I also want to talk about kind of the the impact this playoff made. We're talking about the expansion going on next year, and I think there's a lot of teams that have arguments. Like we said, Georgia. What's fascinating is we saw some great games between Washington and Oregon, right? If tomorrow there was, if let's say Tuesday, following the national championship, there was a line that was put on by the betting market of a matchup between Oregon and Washington after Washington just won the national championship. Oregon on the neutral field would still be the favorite. They would be the favorite in that game. So there are teams out there right now that, depending on who wins this matchup, can legitimately say, yeah, 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 but on neutral field, could you beat us? Would you beat us? And I kind of want to get your thoughts on that, where it's back to kind of like the old AP coaches polls day, where it's like somebody had an argument here and somebody had an argument here, and we're going to go into a season saying, well, we'll find out when there's 12 of you now. (laughs) Well, Obviously, uh, there was the debate between Oregon and Washington this year, and Washington was able to win the conference championship. It wasn't exactly uh, dramatic. It was 34 to 31 on December 1st. The regular season game was 36 to 33 for Washington. You know, I mean, so for Washington. So, I mean, uh, Oregon was you know six points short of of being in the in the in the BCS Final Four. So. Um, they're not they're not far off and that but you know and this will help solve the argument they of being did they deserve to be in there obviously not because they lost to Washington twice but they did deserve to be in a larger playoff and they would be under the scenario and it was uh, to me it was so funny about Florida State and 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 by the way it also is disturbing that a lot of these teams that have players going to the transfer portal or to the NFL 
don't play in these games. And, and they're trying to protect their 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 money or whatever you want to call it. But it sure diminishes the the, the, the quality of the game when the regular people aren't there. And that was even more true about the, the lower bowl games. You know, the, the so that, I thought that was a big factor. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I get the fact that they want to move, but they shouldn't be able to not play in the bowl game. That, that's bothersome. I think it's interesting. I, I disagree on that or should or, or could be. Yeah. I think solving that issue is yeah. adding the 12 teams and making it important, right? Like you get rid of – like there's still going to be prestige in some of these games, right? Like the Cotton Bowl is always going to be the Cotton Bowl, right? Like for the most part, there's only a handful of guys, and it's usually a quarterback or a star receiver like a Marvin Harrison where you're like, yeah, it's one of one. But I'm with you. Like it takes away from the game. And I think we have to address that head on. We have to serve all masters. These players have earned the right to say, hey, I've given you these two years. Thank you for the education. We've made millions. Let us go. Let me go make my millions. You go to this bowl game. You, your backups are four-star recruits too. Like, you go win this game. Georgia didn't have any starters playing, and they put it on Florida State. So it's like there is that, right? But then we talk about the lower games. We know, we know players that are playing in MAC conferences. They don't have that option. They're going to go play that bowl game because they want to get invited to that senior bowl game. They want to get invited to the coaches game. So I think your, I think what, what you're bringing to the table is very valid in let's answer this question right now. Let's make it worthwhile for every party involved, especially if we're getting rid of the ridiculousness of the fallacy that this is student athletes. Like, no, this is semi-pro. Well, then let's do it right. Let's do it right and make sure we're getting it all correct and all parties are being served. And I think next year is really going to be that where we finally get all these questions answered. Everybody will get their their beaks wet and the lower bowl games will have a little bit more meaning because there'll be more sets on what kind of tier you'll be able to play in that. But I also want to get into this, this the committee part of it, because if we're talking about a little bit of grievances, putting Florida State in this position from Jump Street, we talked about it when it happened. They knew what they were doing. They had the, the power in their hands to say, all right, when they're that – that initial rankings came out and they put them at number four. They knew what was going to happen the very following week of Alabama won. They could have put Florida State at number five and never have had this situation. And they put Florida State in that position. They were the ones that put the black guy on the committee. It had nothing to do with Florida State answered every single question that they were given. They won the games they were supposed to. It's not their fault. This isn't wrestling. This isn't television where we get to the side who is going to go because of storyline reasons. They Their merits got them to that point. I understand they would have got rolled more than anything. We saw it happen against a bunch of backups in Georgia. But still, like, that to me is more upsetting. It's just they put those students, those athletes, those coaching staff, that university in that position. And I think the committee also looks at what conference they're from in this situation. And obviously Florida State swept the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference which will probably just be called the ACC from now on. But in any event, <laughs> so, so, so that is actually weighed against them, in my view. Now, there was another team that was undefeated that was in a bowl game and got crushed, namely Liberty, who's now in the Conference USA. And they swept through Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. <laughs> so, so you know, that's that's another issue. I mean, obviously, you have a, you know, a team even like Toledo from the MAC that, 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 that basically lost only one game and their quarterback didn't play in the bowl game. So you have teams like that that might have a claim to be in this expanded, like in the 11th or 12th spot, and and uh, obviously they're they're not really even you know even the now the champion of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I don't think they're going to 
get any more weight now with Stanford and Cal, but maybe Stanford and Duke can have a debate match or something. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I think that that's weighed against them. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC now make makes that conference. You know they'll probably get at least two or three bids now, and yeah. and the Big Ten as well uh, with the expanded format. So it, you know I don't even understand how they're going to schedule these things. This conference it's like the conference standings are meaningless. I mean, you, there's 18 teams and, and you play eight or nine of them. And you play half of them, and they so how how, how how do you have standings? You know that that's another issue with all this. And how does Rutgers play Washington and softball and soccer and even basketball? It's insane. And here's the thing, though, and I want everybody who's listening to us on YouTube over at the Sports Cubicle, or if you found us on Sports from the Couch, wherever you get your favorite podcast, of course, check us out on WCPT, Spotify, and SoundCloud. He's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado here on the Sports Cubicle. We are breaking down how we got to the national championship as Michigan and Washington face off in Houston on January 8th, Monday, January 8th. It's going to be an interesting game. But for all those who are new to the Sports Cubicle, Marver isn't just talking about strong arm conversations. He goes to college women's game. He goes to the softball games, the baseball games. Like, he is legitimately, and we're not talking about he only goes to Northwestern. We're talking he's going to go to see Ball State, and, and he's going to go see Miami of Ohio. Shout out to the Hawks. He he does all this, right? Like, so it's serious when he's, when he's saying a legitimate concern of, what about the swim team? It's not like when you hear on these other mainstream, like, where they're all they're only doing talking head stuff is like, oh, let's talk about this, which we never talked about before, but we'll make an argument about it. Marver is bringing up a real point, but this just goes to show more than anything that college football, huge gap, men and women's college basketball are the money makers, and that's all that matters to them. So if they have to play Stanford versus Northwestern, so be it. You know, like that is just the sacrifice they're going to make because come December. When the tournament starts, everybody's brains are going to shut off. And when we get to the holidays and we're in the final, what, the Elite Eight, everybody's going to be going crazy, right? When we get to the to the final four, everybody's going to be going crazy. And I think they've learned that. The, the, the networks have learned that. And all the university presidents have learned that. That as long as we can get to the tournament, Americans will eat it up. Yeah. The quarterfinals are interesting, too, as a footnote. The Rose Bowl is guaranteed having a game four hours after the parade ends on <laughs> January 1st. So they, with that in mind, they can't do the semifinals because that's going to now be on the 8th. So, so they're locked in to always doing the quarterfinals. So, I mean, unless they're going to change the rules and, and maybe have the parade on the 8th. <laughs> it's going to be a new day, Marver, from parades to the way we watch Big Ten and SEC football. It's going to be an interesting time. But we will have a brand new national champion either the Washington Huskies or the Michigan Wolverines. It's going to be a great game. I do believe that. I do believe we are going to be in a treat on January 8th. Marver, 30 seconds, because yeah. we're going to talk all about it next week. There are some stud quarterbacks, a lot of questions. One of the guys in this game is going to be a top 15, top 20 pick. In 30 seconds, out of all the quarterbacks you've watched this college football season, what is the one? that if the Chicago Bears pick a quarterback at number one, you want to see wearing the orange and navy blue. I think overall it's still Caleb Williams from USC, but here's something funny. You know, he sat out of his bowl game, and a gentleman and they have a Miller Moss threw six touchdown passes. So so maybe it was the receivers, and not so much Caleb that were excellent. Uh, it's hard to say, but I still think that overall 
Caleb has an edge right now, uh, you know, even over Penix, for example. And, uh, you know, so I would take him uh, at first. Or I I think that it's, and that's the whole other issue is the whether they should actually take a quarterback, but I would take him if I took somebody. <laughs> and that is, my friends, what we call in the industry a tease for next week's Sports Cubicle because after we get through the college football national championship, after we get through Saturday and Sunday football, after we've gotten through Black Monday, we will have all the answers going into both football sports. But until then, enjoy the national championship between the Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Husky. Officially, the picks are in. Marver, who wins the national championship? Well, I think I started at the beginning leaning towards Washington. I'll stick there because of their offense. Uh, the versatility of the quarterback, I do like the defenses will be tough. But I think Penix has the escapability, you know, that, that the ability to run, that, that will be a factor uh, in this game. I will be going with the Michigan Wolverines, sending off Jim Harbaugh to the NFL with his first football championship. To the, we want to the Bears? Uh, again, a whole other discussion post Black Monday on what all that's going to mean. It's going to be an end. Football never ends. It doesn't matter whether it's playoffs, regular season, offseason. It doesn't matter. It's always the king of sports. Until then, we want to know your thoughts. Who wins the national championship? Who goes to the NFL? Who? What is all this madness going to be in the world of football? We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. Leave a comment. Share us. Subscribe to us over on YouTube at The Sports Cubicle. We're all over the universe wherever you get your favorite podcasts at Sports from the Couch. And of course, support us over at WCPT 820s, SoundCloud, and Spotify. He's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado. We got more coming up next here on The Sports Cubicle.